Hello, my podcast listeners, not Booth's podcast listeners. This is my podcast. I let Booth on sometimes. Anyways, what's going on, people? We've been having, I've been having some tough struggles deciding on how to open the podcast. I don't want to be like, what's good, everybody? You sound like a generic kid trying to promote you the best 2K build a character. Uh, But yeah, what's up, everybody? And Booth, let's go say hey. Hi, everyone. Hey, beautiful day today as we get ready to start some new things. We're diving right into the podcast. We're going to talk about college football because football is back and college football sets the stage for the NFL. And sure enough, it was an eventful weekend of college football. Jacob Booth, what would you like to start off the day with? College football, oh, I previously it. mentioned. No, I meant like games. You know, uh, I'll just go into it, man. Let's talk about Clemson UGA, Georgia Bulldogs, number five, taking down number three Clemson, 10 to three. There's not much to talk about, actually. It's a very good defensive game if you watched it. Um, people are going to kind of hearing bad stuff about it. It's hard to replace Trevor Lawrence, right? It's hard to replace the number one draft pick. If you were going into a college football and Trevor Lawrence was the guy in front of you, and he just got drafted. Are you feeling a little nervous entering that first game? Uh, yeah, I'd be feeling a little nervous, but I still think uh, I try to put up a little more, a little more <laughs> touchdowns than uh, they did. But that's okay. DJ Ugalele, I think that's how you say his name. That's how the announcers were saying it. He played in there. he played in a few games. Uh, his first year, he played in that Notre Dame game that they lost when Lawrence was on COVID protocols. But he was nineteen of thirty-seven. In his first appearance where he's supposed to be the starter all year, 178 yards and had a terrible QBR of 36.7. But the Georgia Bulldogs defense was swarming. The only touchdown scored in that game was a defensive pick six. So it was actually a really good game, despite people maybe being a little upset that it was so low scoring between two of the top five ranked teams. Georgia making a strong case early that will provide maybe two teams getting into the college football players from the SEC. Is that, you know, that's pretty likely, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. Alabama looked great against Miami, beating them 44-13. to 13. That game wasn't even close. The whole time, Alabama just ran away with it. So I think they're uh, going to be a sizable favorite to keep that number one spot. Yeah, seven-figure Bryce, the quarterback there. He set the – I think he set a record for, like, most touchdowns in first start, which is pretty cool, especially when you're playing a team that's always supposed to be good like Miami that never turns out to be good. The U is not back. Let's talk about a different game, switching sides to the West Coast. Let's talk about UCLA beating LSU, who was ranked 16th, 38-27. to 27. Yeah, I don't, think, uh, I don't think anyone saw this coming. It was a very good performance by UCLA and Big Chip Kelly coming back to the Pac-12 and leading the uh, Bruins to a big win week one. I think uh, – Nobody expects it. And this is where I want to get into the point maybe of the podcast a little bit. College football, like preseason or week one rankings don't mean anything. I really think it's just you don't you don't know, especially in college football, where it's not like consistent players and free agents. It's like new guys coming in, guys leaving for the draft every three to four years. LSU was five and five last year in the 2020 season, and somehow they're ranked 16th in the national rankings week one not and UCLA wasn't that good either but their quarterback play last year was way better but regardless good win by UCLA 38 to 27 again like you mentioned good for the Pac-12 in a week where they struggled and we'll talk about that in a little bit but let's talk about sissy blue go tags what do you think about that 
I don't think it was that bad of a comment. I think it was just uh, just the classic kind of banter between a fan talking trash to the coach talking trash. I don't think it was anything. I liked how UCLA kind of made fun of it after the game and kind of trolled uh, Coach O. I thought it was uh, they both sides handled it well. And uh, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, it's really not that big of a deal. I think the thing that makes it that big of a deal is if it came from a player or a different staff member than the head coach. But the way he said it, he didn't say it. I mean, in context, if you're just reading it, kind of sounded like a threat, like get your ass down here in that sissy blue shirt. But the fan was starting it, jawing at him. I know you're supposed to be professional and probably not say something back, but he didn't say it really in a mean way. He said it in his Coach O voice and was passionate about winning a football game, which they did not LSU. I'd already uh, write him outside the playoffs. They're not going to be very good this year. But So speaking of LSU right now, do you think Coach O is a good coach? He did win a national championship a few years ago, or do you think that was just kind of, I don't want to say lucky, but just kind of the the perfect storm of a lot of seniors I think they had a lot of fifth-year seniors like the quarterback Burrow and uh, just basically everyone went in the draft the next year and they've been mediocre since. What do you think about Coach O and the uh, good old Tigers? I think completely he's not that good of a coach. I think he's a motivator and people love him. He's a character that he, – look, he was at Ole Miss, he was at USC, and he didn't have that good of success at either school there. He did, he did fine, but not you know national championship-level success. Uh you're right completely that team that won the national champ you, if you're a program that has a good coach i feel like in college football or in any college sports it's not a one year you're in contention and then you're out for so long it, it is makes joe burrow had an insane college football season jamar chase was on that team even moss randy moss's kid the tight end looked incredible when he was there justin jefferson patrick justin queen. jefferson patrick queen yeah both sides of the ball were actually stacked it's just kind of luck of the draw. You fell into the right situation. And speaking of that, there's a there's tons of stories like that where a coach just gets the job and he falls into a good recruiting class and then they end up, you know, getting a better job. But yeah. I think you're right. I don't, I, I don't even know if you answered your own question. If you think he's that good of a coach, well, highly implying it. I don't think he is. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a great motivator. He's yeah. a good motivator. Um, but yeah, the sissy blue comment. It's, I think it got overplayed, but UCLA did a good job making fun of it. They're making like shirts and stuff for it now. So it's going to make Jordan a lot of money, which was cool. Another Jordan school. I'm a big uniform guy. Seeing those UCLA Jordan, they look the same when they were Under Armour and the same when they were Adidas, but the Jordan logo on a uniform looks really crisp. So again, that, which you might not have an answer for that. Throwing this in the podcast, we didn't talk about it before. Did you see a uniform combo? week one that you really liked you're shaking <laughs> shaking your head you know me i'm always looking at uniform combos thinking <laughs> about what pants would go well with which shirts <laughs> so uh the one with the one uniform combo i saw was uw so you know i'll go with them they always have some good uh uniforms run out there the That's team so, might not be that good but it's so weak we're gonna get to them here in a second well i'll give a little shout out to a school the missouri tigers had this nice nice little new uniform set up they wore a white helmet so nice black jersey that matched well a little bit of touch of their yellow gold in there white pants it was crisp it was clean it looked traditional but it was it was it was, it was drippy man let's go but, ahead and ask yourself that question next time yeah i'm gonna make you do a podcast <laughs> where you just have to sit here and talk about uniforms all right people like uniforms comment down below if you like uniforms hashtag nick rose hashtag uniform combination hashtag two dudes with some balls two dudes get it on let's go
All right. And transitioning into the last college football game that we want to talk about. Booth, like you said, you saw this team play and you were at the game. Congratulations. Yeah. You were a part of history. The University of Washington lost to an FCS school. The University of Washington, the number 20 ranked, like we were talking about LSU, the number 20th ranked team in the nation loses, not to someone good, not to someone in the Pac-12 or another Power 5 conference like UCLA beating LSU. They lost to Montana. Montana might be good. Let's not, there's, no, let's not no, they, <laughs> there's no disrespect to Montana, but usually when you are an FCS school, you're not favored to win. I'm pretty sure they were. I don't have this written down. I might look it up. Well, do you know what the – was it like a 20-point favorite or something? 22 like and a half. 22 and a half favorite UW at home, number 20th ranked in the nation, University of Washington, was supposed to <laughs> – to just beat them, to wax them, and and you paid them. What was the number? Six hundred and seventy-five thousand. I didn't pay them, but yeah, six hundred seventy-five thousand. <laughs> six hundred seventy-five k, bro, to have you come, play them at Washington, so you can put on a show and get an easy week one win for your fans. It probably sucked. What was the atmosphere like there? Because you were at the game. Uh, well, after the first drive, it was great. They scored yeah, they a touchdown. Just... Everyone was thinking, "Oh, it's going to be a rout. It's going to be a blowout," and then. Just nothing happened the rest of the first half, and then nothing happened in the third quarter. And then as soon as Montana got the lead in the fourth quarter, it was like clear, like okay, UW's not scoring. It's kind of over. Uh, so literally, as soon as they got the lead, probably like a third of the stadium walked out. <laughs> and then when UW blew the drive with two and a half minutes left in the game, another third of the stadium walked out, and it was like having the greatest setting in college football, but. Like the fans weren't sticking around to watch their uh, their team lose, but yeah, it was uh, it was very disappointing to say the least. I have to guess the energy before the game was pretty good. You know, fans being yeah. back that was probably my favorite thing seeing from this weekend. It's different seeing like when NBA stadiums kind of or arenas were able to get filled a little bit, and then now baseball stadiums are being filled. Seeing a football game with full capacity is it's such an electric energy that was missed out from last year, and I think that's something I'm really excited about for the NFL. But seeing all these college traditions come back is really cool. But yeah, I, I imagine that place was pretty fun and then it got pretty uh pretty sad. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. I know Montana's sitting there, probably sitting in their coach's office right now or watching film, counting up their checks right now, figuring out what they're gonna do with that. Congrats to them. That's pretty cool. I, I think upsets are so cool, and that's what makes college football really, really cool. Let's uh let's move, let's switch some gears here. We got more than Actually, you know, we do still have two balls today. Football, college football, or NFL is pretty much the same ball, right? Something. It's a different sized ball, though, is it? Well, two, you know, I don't, some guys have two balls differently sized, right? Yeah, we can still jump on another ball here, though. If you have three balls, you might want to get that checked out. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Switching to the NFL, let's talk about nothing really let's just talk about what we're excited about booth what week one team or week one matchup are you looking forward to the most uh what i'm looking forward to most is a player but it also is a matchup Jameis winston and the saints are heading to lambeau field to play the packers i think this is kind of a musty game both on the quarterback side for the saints and the quarterback side on the Packers. I'm very curious to see how Aaron Rodgers does. And I'm very curious to see how famous Jameis does in his first career start with the new Orleans saints. Famous Jameis. You think if he wins, he'll pull out the. 
like lick that lick that w you know what i'm talking I about i'll, I'll clip like it. this is going on twitter bro i'm clipping this shit. yeah no i know i know what you're talking about i think he's gonna do it before the game and i think he's gonna do it after the game of the in the, the press conference <laughs> this is a realistic question do you think they're gonna win oh absolutely <laughs> all right hey, hey they might you know i was actually wrong the game's in jacksonville florida by the way just wanted to throw that out there oh because of the hurricane yeah oh yeah Anyways, back to famous Jameis. Yes, I think he the W. I don't know if they're gonna win, but last year in his one real pass attempt in that playoff game in the Bucks, where they where they ultimately lost and got kind of beat pretty bad, he had that nice touchdown pass on that little trick play. I'm gonna clip that and put it in there. It was sick. So I'm actually super looking, super bright eyed, looking forward to him. Um, what's gonna make him good? Just not throwing thirty picks. He's got his eyesight fixed out, so now he knows which team is which. And I also think he has a better team. Uh, I mean, not to say that the Buccaneers team wasn't good that he played on, but I think he has a better coaching staff around him. And he had time to learn under Drew Brees and really kind of be more mature. Hearing him in interviews and seeing the way he holds himself now, it's a different player than he was when he was in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. That's a good matchup to watch, especially with Aaron Rodgers on the other side, which you mentioned just seeing if the chemistry's changed. Obviously, you want to watch the MVP from last year play in general. So, yeah, that'll be one to look forward to. New Orleans, Green Bay. I'm going to go with the Rams and the Bears. That's going to be my matchup that I want to watch. And it's all because I want to watch Matthew Stafford because there's he's probably been one of the most talked about players this offseason. Hearing he's underrated, now he's on a really good team, got more targets, got a better coaching staff, which I all agree. And I think Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback. Now I want to see him put it together all together on a new team and see if this Rams team is as good as they're really about to be as they're projected, you know, a favorites to yeah. win the NFC West. So I would like to see, I also want to see, you know, how does the offensive, how does it change? Does, does the team change around him in terms of their schemes? Do they take more shots deep? You know, does the defense feed off the offense better? Just everything. It's always fun to watch week one. I'm excited to see the bears just because I want to watch big, big Dalton and then maybe see if fields gets in. And I like the, the Rams pick as well because it'll be interesting to see the run game without Cam Akers mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And I want to see Aaron Donald, you know, who doesn't want to watch that dude play. He's pretty big. Uh, oh, you're going with that? So I, didn't, just, I didn't either. I just want to uh, say anything. We're just going to we're just gonna keep moving on. All yeah. right. Uh, let's see here. It all starts. Yeah. Oh, there's another game I want to talk about. I'm getting ahead of myself. There's one game that I want to watch. It's not probably the most exciting game, but I do want to watch Jacksonville play Houston just to see Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure tons of eyes will be tuned in on that one to watch the first overall pick. Pretty exciting. The Texans are going to be pretty bad. Do you think that helps a quarterback knowing you're playing a team that's, you know, maybe going to be the worst team in the league week one? I, I'd imagine so. I can't imagine you want to go in and play the, the best defense of all time in your first game. Just kind of build that confidence playing a uh, mediocre Houston Texans team is probably ideal for Mr. Lawrence. Yeah, that's fair. It all starts Thursday, the NFL comeback, when you got Tampa Bay taking on Dallas Thursday night football at 820 Eastern time. Make sure we tune in that. NFL football is back this week. Okay, stop looking at me like that. All right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap up this ball, the two different size-shaped balls. 
wrapping up the podcast. This one's short t- today, man. We've been talking your ears off with these 30-minute podcasts. But let's talk about some big MLB series to watch for starting this week, starting Monday, um, starting today as this podcast comes out to you at 8 Eastern every Monday. Two dudes with some balls. Okay, so a little promotion there. We got the Mariners at the Astros. Big implications for the Mariners as they start Monday, three games back, following a sweep of the Diamondbacks. And they are only four and a half back at the AOS. So, a huge series going into Houston. The last time the Mariners played in Houston, they gave up, I think it was almost 30 runs in two games. But it's a new week. Rays at Red Sox starts today, Monday as well. Big implications on the AL East, the AL Wilds card, the Red Sox trying to fight to stay alive in that second spot, maybe jump to the first spot, maybe even take the division. Who knows? Another big one in the AL East, Blue Jays at Yankees. All four of five teams, minus Orioles, have a shot to make the wild card or win the division like we talked about. This is a big series for the Blue Jays, and the Yankees just dropped two or three to the worst team in baseball, the Baltimore Orioles. Following that, we have the Phillies at Brewers, NL Central leading Brewers and Phillies who are trying to make up ground very close in the NL East race, even got a shot at that wild card. And finally concluding with the Dodgers at Cardinals, big wild card matchup for both teams. Dodgers still trying to fight the way after losing two of three to the Giants in San Francisco, a very interesting and fun series. And the Cardinals scrapping their way, trying to stay alive for that second and final wild card spot. Those are your matchups to watch this weekend on MLB Booth. What are you excited for? Mariners and the Astros. It's the last real chance for the the Mariners to kind of gain some ground in the uh, AL West, just because it's, I think it's their last series where the Mariners are playing the Astros. Yep. Um, and if they can take two out of three, it'd be huge for them to yeah. uh, kind of leapfrog the Astros and take that AL West. Yeah. Obviously as a Mariners fan, you want the sweep, but uh, <laughs> you'll take two of three. Trying you'll to be take. realistic here. Yeah. Two or three would be great, especially on the road. They took two or three at home against Astros, and then they got three more against the Diamondbacks coming up after that. So really good stretch for them. And then the Red Sox come to town, which if you're listening to this podcast now, if it is just like how the race is this tight coming up in a week, as I imagine it will be, tune into that one. That might be the biggest wild card series of the year, mid-September. Red Sox come to Seattle for a three-game set. It'll be sweet. Uh, I'm probably excited for that Rays-Red Sox series. I just want to see how far can the Rays push are they going to, this could be a series that just ultimately finishes the Red Sox off in the chance that they won't win the AL East and the race. I think I heard something like the Rays could play barely better than 500 baseball and they, they win the AL East at the start of this month. So that's pretty cool, but enough about that. We're excited for baseball postseason baseball coming up podcast. going to be all about that. going to be all about NFL football, NCAA football, just balls galore. Hope you're excited. Booth, you want to do a sign out again or are you good? We love balls here at Two Guys with some balls podcast. So yeah. look forward to uh, tune in next week when we come back with some more balls in your guys' lives. And for now, we will be signing off. This is Jacob Booth and that is Nick Rose. Thank you for listening.